0: What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Season 2, Episode 38 of Hit the Books, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of sports and sports gambling. Each episode, we break down the latest news and trends, provide analysis, and offer up our best bets and betting advice. So let's jump into this week and hit the books. On this week's episode, we got the third round of the NHL and the NBA playoffs underway. We're all super thrilled about that one. Not to mention, in the MLB, we released our first power rankings of the year. I want to look over some early season statistics. Also, the NFL schedule was released last Thursday, so I want to get the guys' first impressions on that, plus all the schedule changes coming up in this episode. So let's move into this week's episode and introduce my co-hosts, Huff, Ace, and Mackie. Mackie, let's start off with you this week. Back home in New York, you graduated, buddy. Congratulations to Mackie on graduating college. That's He's the last one of us four. We we all did it. It's Big claps from Huff, big claps from all of us. What do you gotta say, Mackie?
1: Yeah, eventful weekend. Nice to get a degree, get it out of the way. You know, five years down only took me uh, you know, got it took me long enough. So um yeah, not much going on. Just excited to be home and uh, you know, just get back into the swing of things.
0: Good stuff, good stuff. Huff, let's shoot it over to you next. What do you got for us this bu- what for what do you got for us this week, buddy? Another week on the show.
2: Yeah, what's going on? Um, happy to be back. Happy to see those Vegas Golden Knights in the Western Conference Finals. Denver Nuggets with a big performance in Game One. Um, just riding those picks right now that I've had on the future, and um, both looking pretty nice right now. Vegas is a favorite in their series. I'm excited about that. We'll get into that in a little bit. But other than that, not much going on with me. Uh, two pretty uneventful weekend for myself, uh, aside from Mac, who had a pretty big one. So um, yeah. Other than that, not much else. Happy to be back.
0: Good stuff there. And let's finish it off this week with Ace. Ace, what do you got for us this week? Pretty eventful start to the episode for you.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, pretty hyped that the Celtics saved face for Boston in that Game 7. A uh, Big blowout win over the Sixers. I'm sure we'll get to that. But um, other than that, you know, got the MLB in full swing and the NHL has been rocking. Uh, got to see the Leafs get demolished. So you always love to see that. Um, Yeah, but no, ready to talk another week. Ready to get it rolling
0: good stuff. We're all ready. We're all here. Let's jump into this week's episode. We're going to start off this week with a little segment the your three most despised, most hated sports teams on your list. My first one is pretty obvious one. I'm not a big fan of the Philadelphia Flyers. That was the big rivalry when I was a kid. It's, I think died down. It's definitely died down, excuse me, over the years, but Pens and the Flyers always had a good rivalry. Being a Penn State student, I got I got two coming out of Penn State, Ohio State and Pitt. I hate Ohio State. I've grown to like Pitt more. I mean, I enjoy going to their events and stuff at Pearson Event Center and stuff downtown. But I hate Ohio State. There's nothing more I hate than Ohio State. And the fact that like Addison lives right there, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I hate this place. I see. I, see, I never
2: had that that kind of passion for Ohio State because obviously you're the Penn State guy, but. Um yeah, that's a solid. That's a solid top three. Definitely the the rivalry with the Flyers definitely has died down, like you said, in the past so many years because the Flyers have just been irrelevant. Um, but yeah, that's a solid. That's a solid top three.
1: All right, I guess I guess I'll go. Um, number one, I'm gonna go Atlanta Braves. Um, being a Mets fan just uh, kind of embarrasses us every year. Last year was a cherry on top; that swept us in the last second to last series of the. Of the season and they took first place and they just kind of embarrassed us the last few years. So uh a little recent recency bias on that, but I'll go Atlanta Braves. Number two is the New Jersey Devils, which is also probably a recency bias, but these fans just get under my skin so bad and they're just such assholes about Jack Hughes and kako and everything. Um, just can't stand them. Absolute dickheads. Um, number three, who has been number three? Oh yeah, the Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. You can thank Jimmy Beal for this one, probably, because ever since college, it's been a lot worse. But God, these fans are the worst in history. They, uh, what they, they? Never mind, that was a different team. But this team, they just—I, just, I, I just <laughs> don't. Nothing about them is good. They're, they're rowdy, and uh, you just get under my skin. And you know, Dallas never really wins, so that that doesn't help either. But uh, yeah, those are my, those are my three. Yeah, that's a solid. That's a solid three. I like that. Mac, you know what I'm happy I can say about my teams though, at least from recency bias. From I the don't, last I, don't I don't wanna hear I don't wanna hear about Boston's championships right now. It's no, I'm just gonna say all
3: those teams you just alluded to hating, they all beat up on you throughout the course of our lifetime yeah. too. Yeah. Especially in the big moments, which is tough. At least my rivals we own, cause you know it's title Town. But uh, I guess I'll jump into mine right now. Um some honorable mentions, people would think like, oh, the Jets or the Bills cause like such a big Pats guy. But those teams have been so bad that they're not really rivals. Like, I guess the Bills are a bit more now. But the goddamn Jets, they're terrible. Don't have to worry about them. Don't even have to with Aaron Rodgers. But, um, yeah, coming in at three, I'll start with the Montreal Canadiens. Always hate the Habs, more so growing up than recently because they've been kind of trash. But uh, that's a great rivalry in Boston. It usually gets pretty chippy. Uh, Recall Andrew Ference in that Stanley Cup playoff run flipping off the crowd when he scored. Um, that's a vintage moment that lives rent free in those Canadians heads too. So definitely fuck the Habs. Um, number two coming in, going to stick with hockey again, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I, I absolutely despise that team. I could never root for them. It's terrible that Austin Matthews ended up going there. Um, but it's so great to see them lose year in and year out. And that's just a trash franchise. I think Huff was alluding to some fan bases, uh, when we were talking before this. And that's definitely one of my least favorite one in sports. Love seeing them cry in the pavilion on the big screen. Uh, Can't beat that. The number one, you probably could have guessed, is the New York Yankees. I mean, ugly like the jerseys, just the evil empire. Like, hate those guys so much. Love to see the good guys, Boston Red Sox, like the dirty water, just like the dogs coming along and just like knocking them off. So, yeah, hate that payroll. Hate Steinbrunner, Aaron Judge, everything about it pinstripes they suck not a yankees guy at all
1: dirty water really gets me I nobody to, I in america nobody in america thinks the boston red Sox are the good guys oh i think they're the good guys they get to have beards and they get to they
3: get to have long hair like johnny damon becoming a traitor going to the yankees like babe ruth like hundreds of years before him. like you break the curse in 04 and like you're johnny damon with the flow and the beard and then you're like nah i'm going to play for the yankees you cut and then he won in 09
1: no didn't wasn't he on that 09 team yeah but he wasn't like a an <laughs> he, integral piece of he it still he still got a ring with him yeah but such a traitor
3: though like jacoby ellsbury same thing like how could you ever go back to that team like oh
1: the Yankees like the
3: the fights too, Pedro Martinez, like
1: throwing beat that up manager. The old dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. That is a top moment.
2: Uh,
1: I love so Pedro nice.
3: though. I love Pedro. 0-4 is like the best series of sports in my life. Um that's that the that 4 coming back from three O against the Yankees, like come on. Uh just complete opposite of Boston. So yeah, it's gotta be there.
2: Yeah, that's I expected the Yankees definitely in your top three whenever you said that. I hate them, um, though. Yeah, I'll get into my three. Like you said, mine are a little bit more recency. Obviously, all I've been do with uh, Pittsburgh sports and us not having a basketball team, there's not really any like basketball fan base that I ever have any too much of an encounter with because I'm not really too one-sided either way with the NBA. So uh, mine are just football and uh, hockey-based. Number three is going to be the Cleveland Browns, uh, just an organization that the Steelers have owned throughout my entire lifetime, other than one joke of a playoff game. But... Um, it's all right. Browns didn't win anything that year. They went on to get trounced by the Kansas City Chiefs the next week. Uh, number two is going to be the Washington Capitals. Always hated the Capitals. That was a rivalry going on with the Penguins and Capitals. Sid Ovechkin uh, was pretty, you know, the two guys in the NHL for most of our younger years of our life. Um, Sid always owned them. Sid has three cups. Ovi has one. I hated when Ovi ended up getting the one, but I'll take three over one any day of the week. And then number one, uh, it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals for obvious reasons. Some bad blood between the Steelers and Bengals throughout the past so ten years. Uh, it starts with the perfect hit on Antonio Brown, uh, the juju, the dancing on the logo. There's just always been stuff going with the Steelers and Bengals. And uh, my one of my favorite Super Bowls was watching Aaron Donald sack uh, Joe Burrow over and over again, and the Rams beating them. Because I would not have been able to live down a Cincinnati Bengals Super Bowl championship. Uh, that's that's my top three. I absolutely can't stand the Cincinnati Bengals out of all the teams in our division. I say them because they obviously I guess I fear them the most. Like they're definitely gonna have the most success out of every team in our division. They're the you know, going in favor to win a Super Bowl contender. Um that's just I, I fear them the most and that's the team I just absolutely can't stand. I love their uniforms. I just fucking hate the team. They always have scumbags on the team and shit always happens when they play the Steelers. So uh net not a Bengals guy.
3: I'm surprised, Huff. I mean, that's you gave great reasoning and you actually convinced me why Cincinnati could be there with like guys like Perfect and then dancing on the logos and stuff
2: like that, like the fight. Pac-Man Jones back in the day. like yeah. Dude, I like Pac-Man because he's a West Virginia guy, but dude, him and the Steelers used to go at it, Perfect, like... I was uh, expecting
3: Ravens though, like so heavily, especially like the the old school ravens Steelers when it was like yeah, Jerome the,
2: Bettis versus Ray it, Lewis. I was gonna say that I, but I was I'm more of a fan of Ravens mm-hmm. players than I am of Bengals players. I, I like I Burrow and I that. like Chase, but like I was always a Ray Lewis guy. I always loved Ray Lewis, I always loved Terrell Suggs, like Lamar. I always like yeah, I'm not see, I like Lamar, but like I'm not like dying I'm definitely gonna pick Joe Burrow, you know what I mean? Like not yeah, if we're yeah, talking yeah. that, but um, yeah, that's that's the main reason. I, I I don't hate the Ravens. I hate when they beat us because they are I, their fan base is obviously very arrogant about when they play the Steelers and when they beat them. But Steelers go the same way when we beat them. It's a divisional rivalry, uh, AFC North. I mean, everyone kind of hates everyone. The Browns are just kind of the little brother of the division. So, um, but like I said, Browns, Caps, Bengals. You could throw honorable mention the Ravens and just take the whole AFC North in the top I, four. Uh, <laughs>
3: I thought that Jesse's pick of the Flyers is just the perfect Pittsburgh pick, though. Like that Philly, like Penguins-Flyers matchup. Oh, that's such a brutal one. Funniest thing, I went to the stadium series game with one of my buddies um, up in Pittsburgh. Not even a Flyers or Penguins fan, but rep the Claude Drew jersey. The amount of chirps, like stray chirps thrown my way throughout the whole stadium was hilarious. I was just laughing the whole time. I was like, well, thank God I'm not a Flyers fan.
2: Yeah, definitely Flyers are up there, but like I said, they're just the, the... they have. When's the last time Flyers made the playoffs?
3: I just know that the chirp that everybody was saying at the stadium was like 1974, 19, whatever year they last won a cup, 74 that five, to yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? I'm like, what is that? And my buddies at Flyers fans are like, oh, we don't talk about that. I was like, oh, it that sucks.
0: <laughs> that's good, that's good. All right, boys, solid top threes there here this week. Looking forward to doing that each and every week. Let's jump into this week's episode. Let's start off with the NHL. The first point I have here is voters struck down three proposals to approve. Oh gosh, restart that. Voters struck down three proposals to approve a new Coyotes arena in Tempe, Arizona. The NHL is terribly disappointed and will review options with the team moving forward. What do we think unfolds for this franchise, boys? You know, the NHL deputy commissioner today said that he doesn't foresee the team playing anywhere other than Mullen Arena next season. This is all just very up in the air, all this arena stuff and this team moving and things. I saw a list of different cities like Quebec City and Atlanta and all that junk. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think.
2: I saw one that, uh, speaking of the relocation factor, I saw one that the the Utah Jazz owner is very interested if this team goes for sale and moving them to uh, Salt Lake City. Get a team in Salt Lake City. I like that.
3: I've seen Houston as a proposed spot too.
2: Um, you know, Texas yeah, why is just has Houston probably, always been so big? Are they just gonna play at the Toyota Center? Like, I guess Texas anywhere, a, like, anywhere spot, with an NBA, anywhere with an NBA arena, in, in my opinion, is immediately in play, right? Because they can mm-hmm. just immediately take over that arena. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. And like I know, like there's some places that have like, I don't even know, like huge. Jesse, you would know more than us. You go to all these cities and go to these huge venues. Like, N- mostly all of them have that, ice. Like, they do, because I mean. they all do
0: a- Disney on ice. They all do all these other shows that are that bring in money, so they do. They have yeah, ice. Yeah,
2: like, whether it's a convention center or something, like, they'll, they'll figure it out. But, like, I just feel like, in my opinion, the cities, I, when I think of an NHL or an NBA team that needs to relocate, first one I think of is where cities, like, for example, if an NBA team needs to relocate, like, not saying Pittsburgh's the best market, but, like, Hey, we already have the venue, like play Penguins and whoever's going to come here for the NBA team from Pittsburgh. And like, I just feel like it's a lot easier than building a new arena. You know what I mean? Going through that whole stress of a billion dollar construction project. But Ace, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I just have two points really on this. Um, the first one was I, was I was pretty surprised. You see the players on social media like Clayton Keller kind of disappointed that didn't go through. I'm surprised that they they don't want to get out of Arizona and play in a bigger market. Maybe they just enjoy living there or they the would you'd enjoy it's living nice there. there. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: yeah, I can't complain. yeah you're, pro- you're probably not wrong. That's that definitely gotta be the only reason. And Keller's like their franchise guy.
1: Yeah, but well, yeah, I, I, it also takes away from Austin Matthews looking there, you know? No yeah, longer. Matthews hometown isn't team. leaving Toronto and it was cheaper. Why big not? A market. They can't win anything. He's just a superstar on one of the biggest teams in the league. Yeah, you I don't think he'll ever leave there either. Oh, I do. I think he'll leave eventually, hundred percent. He re-signs this year for sure, though. Yeah, yeah, I don't, maybe not yet, but he, I don't think he wins the cup
3: there. If he doesn't win one and he's a dinosaur and he chases a cup, I could see that. But yeah, I, I my second point before. on that, on the before we get to that, on this Arizona Coyotes um arena thing, I just honestly hope that it stays in the U.S. I don't hope they go. I hope they don't go up to like Canada and Quebec City or something like that. Um, Ontario, all those different areas. They always talk about putting a team in. Like just keep it in the U.S. Uh, Sad to see it go. I remember the Phoenix Coyotes. I mean Shane Doan and them. Come on, it's like the Atlanta Hawks all over
1: again. Atlanta, Atlanta Thrashers. My bad. Thrashers. I was gonna say you mean the Thrashers, but they should throw a team back in Atlanta. They already had one there. Was, was it just not succeeding? Is that why they got rid of them? I don't know. if I, yeah. I don't remember. Same story. I remember. The Arizona. I remember the Atlanta Thrashers. I just feel like there was no one at their games. I think yeah. that's Matt the right Sundin,
2: is, yeah. Mark Savard, uh, Keith I mean, I Kachuk. Armstrong, Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah, Yeah. Kovalchuk. I I mean, yeah, Atlanta's... Dustin Bufflin started his career in Atlanta. He started there? Yeah, that's when the Winnipeg Jets, before the Winnipeg Jets moved to Winnipeg, they were the Atlanta Thrashers. And when he was a rookie or his second year, they were still in Atlanta. You can get a Thrashers Dustin
1: Bufflin jersey. That's dusty.
2: <laughs> yeah Atlanta Atlanta would be a cool team.
1: I don't think Atlanta has a big hockey following though
2: no. no, but like I, my thing is like I know the coyotes are in the West and like if we're talking like me and Addison got on a conversation the other day about the all these expansion teams if they're this is just like true expansion this is like a relocation this is a whole different story because they're already in the west so they probably would look to stay in the West I would assume. But if they're coming to Quebec city or any of these Hartford, I saw was an option that would be sick. The Hartford whalers, if they came back, but um, I don't know. I just feel like the West is where they are. I feel like Salt Lake city is the easiest move if they're moving
1: for sure. I agree with that. I like Salt Lake city. That'd be cool. Curious to
0: see what ends up of that stuff. So we'll, uh, Make sure to keep some tabs on that. But let's jump, uh, let's jump in and review the second round of the NHL playoffs. Starting out the Dallas Stars oust the Seattle Kraken in Game 7 by a score of 2-1. to one. Rupe Hintz continues his stellar postseason. Dallas will move on to play the Vegas Golden Knights in the Western Conference Finals. And with that, the Vegas Golden Knights send the Edmonton Oilers packing for yet another year. In six games, Jonathan Marchessault nets a hat trick on Sunday night to send the Knights to the Western Conference Finals. What do we think's happening here with the Oilers? Do you think the core is going to stay intact? Things like that. Curious to hear what you guys think about what's going on in the West side of the round two.
3: Just quick on the Oilers since we're not going to touch them too much here since they're already out of it. Um, expected a lot more from McDavid in a career year. Uh, surprised that it didn't even go seven. But the Knights are a wagon. They've been there before. We talked about them all year. Um, yeah, I, I think you just got to reshuffle around them. I mean, they didn't really have anybody that helped. They've been trying to add people. It didn't really work out. It's still the Dreisaitl-McDavid show. Find the goaltender. Find some defensemen. It's out there, but you just got to do it correctly. I'd move some of those depth uh, offensive pieces. You already got McDavid and
1: Dreisaitl. Yeah, I I don't know if McDavid's ever going to really find, find success out there. They just... The back end is just not it. They can't figure it out year in, year out. They've known the problem for the past five, six years. Um, it's just they, they can't get it done. They can't figure it out. Uh, you brought in Jack Campbell for who had a stellar season in Toronto and shits the bed. It was it was a fluke season. So um, I don't know. They they got to figure something out. David's going to start, start getting frustrated. Yeah, uh,
2: this is one. I, I I don't know how many more years we're going to have a McDavid and Edmonton if they keep this up, but I was hyped to see Vegas advance here. So um, not much else coming for me on this series. Just glad to see Vegas advance. I, I think that's going to be a tough series with Dallas, though. I don't know if we're on that yet, but um, I do think it's going to be a hard series. Yeah, definitely. I mean,
3: we've seen Dallas they, every single year, year in and year out. They love going to game seven more than anyone else. And those Golden Knights, you guys have been on them for a while. Huff's been on him since he's been there, at least. Um, But, yeah, they're a tough out. They've been there. Uh, Great coach with Bruce Cassidy, too. I mean, he's been on these runs with the playoffs before. He's been to the Stanley Cup and lost. Just like the core of this team. And they have some proven winners with Petrangelo and whatnot.
2: Yeah, I like I like their core and Eichel and March so Stone. They're all really kind of catching fire at the right point. Aiden Hill is playing great in between the pipes. I really like their chances. That's why I think and I'm hype because I I honestly I for some reason thought Dallas was going to have home ice if they won, uh, but Vegas obviously gets the home ice in the series. So uh, I think that was huge in the in the Oilers series, and I think it's going to be huge in the series. Obviously because you, in, like they they don't have the better goalie in the series. Ottinger is obviously the better goaltender. So they're gonna to have to put shots on him and take advantage of their home ice and put bucks in net on power plays and have the, I think game one if Vegas needs to come out big in game one or um I don't like I'm not saying it's a seven game series and it, you know what I mean best of seven but um I really want to see Vegas put a put a statement out there in game one
3: I honestly have the, have the niceness I'm riding with you guys so I think I might throw in a future even though I like the panthers I think Mackie does too um, I might at least take them to win this round. Uh, Jesse, do you have the odds on that bunny chance? Um, Vegas to win this round, I believe they're probably like minus one hundred forty. Mi- yeah, it's minus one hundred forty.
2: It's minus. They're both minus one hundred forty, plus one fifteen. Hurricanes are minus one hundred forty, and the Knights are minus one hundred forty. Let's
3: not school. discredit the Dallas Stars. Look at what they did. They have Joe Pavelski, Jason Robertson, Jamie Ben, Rupe Hens, Tyler Sagan, um, the defenseman Heiskanen. And they have uh, Lindell, they have, what's his name, Ottinger in the net. I mean, that's a good team. I, but the only thing that does scare me coming into this series is the the suffocating way the Knights play and how loose Dallas played against Seattle Kraken. I mean, that's not that talented of a roster, even though we like them. But they gave up a lot of goals, and I expected more mm-hmm. to Ottinger. Mackie, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, is definitely not having the, the postseason everyone was expecting. Uh, it's a little different from last year. He obviously stood on his head for seven games against uh, the Calgary Flames. Fell a bit short, but... <clears throat> uh, the Stars have been favorites. Two, or, uh, two straight uh, series, yeah. And, and it hasn't been Ottinger that's been winning them games. It's been that offense, that stellar offense. Uh, Rupe Hinch is having an incredible postseason. Obviously, you have Sagan Pavelski putting up the goals. Um, Jamie Benn, too, but... Uh, you know this this team is not relying on their goaltender, and he hasn't really been performing. So I do really like Vegas in this series, and I I am probably going to end up taking their, their future before before game one. But um, if Ottinger can catch hot, I mean this team is really scary. But you know he's been he's been off his game. I don't think his confidence is there right now. So um, I don't really think Dallas gets out of this. I think uh, Vegas puts, applies a little too much pressure, and they're honestly probably the better team in my opinion. But uh, like you said before, the uh, the better goaltender should. Should um should definitely be a big factor in this game. And if Alangier is playing his best best hockey, he's definitely a better goaltender and can steal this series.
3: Both teams have have a lot of playoff experience, um, a lot of Western Conference finals experience on their roster. I think guys like Joe Pavelski are gonna play a huge role. He already has throughout the playoffs. But I really like Bruce Cassidy and the Vegas Golden Knights here with the home ice advantage. Um, I really think this team's do. I mean, they don't have a franchise uh Stanley Cup yet, so it might be about time. Here's a question I have for you guys, though: um, Do you think the winner of this series, as do you like the winner of this series to win the cup, regardless of who it is? I actually like. I like the winner
1: of the Eastern Conference Finals to win the cup.
3: Yeah, I, I like. I like in this order. I like the the Panthers and the Knights, and then I like. Uh, yeah, I'm on those two. Really, those are
1: my cup picks. I I just think that the winner. I mean, the, the Canes are playing incredible hockey, and we've always just. The problem with them is, are they going to perform in the postseason? And the la- I don't remember. I don't even think they've gotten past the second round since they've been a powerhouse organization. So, you know, they got over the hump. If they can get past this um, this Panthers team that has all the momentum in the world right now, I think they can definitely take it to either of these Western Conference Finals teams. The East has been a wagon the entire season. So um, I still expect the Cup to come out of the East.
3: You know what's crazy is, like, we talked about people that are due for wins or due for championships. All four, I'm going to say th- all three of these teams, besides the Panthers, but like you said, the momentum they have is massive. Like, they, they're they playing great hockey. Nobody wants to play them. They're a buzzsaw. But those other three teams, those are the teams where you look at you and say, who's due for a cup? Like, those three teams the last few years are due to win a Stanley Cup. They've been right there.
1: Panthers, I was just going to say, the Panthers are kind of the Lakers this season. They're both uh, just teams that turned up at the All-Star break and didn't really look back, so... Pretty cool. You don't you don't really see these low seeds this deep in the playoffs usually. Yeah, we'll
2: give we'll give our series prediction when we get down to the, the rest of the Eastern Conference from Western Conference final stuff. Yeah, you guys did pretty good there
0: giving an overall uh, overview of the Western Conference series. Vegas in the stars, game one here on Friday, game two Sunday, game three, Tuesday, game four next Thursday. So lots to look forward to as we get more into that series. Moving over to the Eastern Conference, the Florida Panthers send the Toronto Maple Leafs home in just five games, as well as the Carolina Hurricanes sending the Devils home in five. The Panthers, who are plus 115 to win the series, who are the last team to make the playoffs, will play the Carolina Hurricanes. Like I said, they're minus 140 to win their series. Who do we see from this one, this matchup heading towards the finals?
1: Yeah, I already kind of touched on this, but I do think the Florida Panthers come out of this series. Uh, two teams that are playing incredible hockey, but the Panthers. Honestly, I like their roster overall. Um, Matthew Kachuk has proved to be one of the most valuable playoff players of our of this season, definitely. But uh, in the past few years, this guy is just an absolute animal, putting the puck in the net and setting the tone. So obviously, a huge, huge uh, plays a huge role in this uh, series. It's going to be interesting to see if Tara Vining can make his way back. A lot of people were saying that um, he was out for the season, but I saw something that says he, he can definitely come back for the series, even maybe even game one. So he could be a huge deciding factor as well. But um, I like Bob and the Panthers. I like, this, I like this momentum. I'm going to keep riding this momentum into the into the Stanley Cup.
3: Yeah, Mackie, I think one thing that I really agree with you um, that most people didn't really take into consideration coming into this playoffs is that Panthers roster I mean, it's deep on offense, and those guys have legs, and they can put pucks in that. They have Matthew Gachuk. they have Ant- or Sam Bennett, they have Anthony Duclair, um, Louis Torinon, they have Verhage. Uh, Verhage. Verhage's, Verhage's huge, been putting pucks man. in, and then we didn't even say Barkov yet. Um, I mean, that's a deep lineup. Goodis is playing great hockey on the back end. Paul Maurice is chasing a cup, um, and he gets to match up with Brendan Moore here again. But that star started up. Hurricanes team is not going to go down easy, especially with the home ice advantage, which really scares me is if this goes to seven and they're at home in Carolina, but we've seen that they're beatable there this year. I think the Islanders took them out there and sort of the devils maybe once. So I think it's going to be high scoring. I'm going to love the overs here with so many stars on that Hurricanes team. The addition of Brent Burns. I mean, this team, if I say I've said it a lot on this podcast, but this team is the most due for a cup out of all of them. Um, All those names, I could list them off for the Hurricanes, too. But I think with the weaker goaltending, even though Bob's playing good, I like a lot of goals here. But I'm going to ride with the momentum, like Mackie said. The Cinderella story, it's the NHL. How many times have we seen eight seeds win our life? A lot. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see who Huff sides with here. But I've got the Panthers at plus 115 taking the series.
2: I'm, I'm not as confident, you guys. I do like the Panthers. I'm going to ride the momentum. But, I, see, I think there's a chance that the Panthers uh, could start this series down 0-2 in Carolina. So that's that's the only thing that's faded me away from taking that Panthers uh, to win this series pick or to jump on it so quick. But I definitely think the series is going 7. Um, but I think there's a chance that the Carolina could start this series up. Obviously one nothing for sure on their home ice, if not 2 nothing, And that's the only thing it scares me about. Uh, going against Carolina because, like you said, the way they play on home, uh, it's a complete opposite on the road. And uh, the Panthers, the way they play, if they're able to put bucks in the net and is able to keep them in the game like he has throughout these entire playoffs, I can't fade this Panthers team. It's this is a really tough series for me. Um, I, th- I just think it goes for sure six, seven games. Um, but I'm gonna go with the Panthers,
3: yeah. I mean, one thing that you said about is that you think going up game one, I was thinking that too. But let's remember something. This Panthers team is playing with all the confidence in the world. I think that first goal is so important because that first win they had up in Toronto stunned the league. It stunned the Leafs. They're like, oh, shit. That's the oh, shit moment right there is when you lose game one. And if the Panthers can go into Carolina where the Hurricanes are so good and so unbeatable and that great team— and the Panthers take game one, we could see them go and take the money and run really quick and get out of there in four or five games. Take the win right out of the sails of the Hurricanes. It's what they've done to the Bruins. I mean, the Bruins went seven in overtime, but that's crazy. But it, they did it right to the leaves after people kind of bought into the hype after that first round, and I think they could do it here again. That first goal, first game is so crucial for Brendan Moore and his team.
2: Yeah, that is that is a good point. That's that's just the only thing that's keeping me away from jumping at Florida so much. But I, because uh, I think Carolina is so good on their home ice, and obviously the first two games are in Carolina, so um, it's really gonna the this series kind of starts for me. If it's two nothing, it really doesn't start until a road team loses or a home yeah, team I,
3: loses. What I think, either Mac, you you said this earlier, either a week or two ago. Um, let's not discount the Florida Panthers on the road either. They've been a great road team this entire uh playoff run which is also giving me some scare into that Hurricanes fan base.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. But like you said that if we if we're going off who's the most due? I I have to say the Carolina Panthers or the Carolina Panthers. I did you it. You got to say time the Carolina we did it for Panthers. This you got it. That's the first time we did it this series. I'd have to say the Carolina Hurricanes, but um yeah, I uh, I don't know, it's tough. I, I'll go I'll go Panthers in seven or... S- yeah, I'll, I'll stick with seven. I'll give myself the insurance. If the Panthers take game one, they
3: could win this in five, though. Five or six.
0: I'm telling you. I could see yeah, six if they Pitt. take one, but go ahead. I, what do you think, Mackie?
1: I'm going to say they steal one of two at on the road, and then they just win both at home, lose game five, and then win it, win it in game six at home.
3: You don't think they'll be defeated, the Carolina Hurricanes? I feel like that's a team that's like one of those... They ride the momentum so heavily. And when they're low, they're low. I feel like, especially those two weak goaltenders they have, um, the overrated Frederick Anderson and the career backup Antti Ronta. I mean, if they can win one game, game one, I'm saying, and then they take them both at home, I'll still say I'm in six like Jesse to be safe here. But, uh, yeah. But before I, I lose this thought, you want to know something we should do? Post this up on uh, social media. Teams most do to win the Stanley Cup um that's that's a good stat we say it a lot
0: all righty boys good stuff there out of the nhl the third round underway so lots to look forward to as we dive deep into those series as they continue into next week let's jump into the nba we're also on the third round here in the nba To wrap up the second round the denver nuggets crushed the phoenix suns in game six winning that series four to two Phoenix, who traded for Devin, or Jesus Kevin Durant at the trade deadline, have been blown out in elimination games on back-to-back years. Pretty disappointing there for the Suns, but Nuggets move on. With that, Jason Tatum dropped 51 points in Game 7. The Celtics cruise to an easy 118-112 to 112 victory, sending them to the Eastern Conference Finals for a rematch of the bubble versus, Miami, versus the Miami Heat. Tatum's 51 points are the most in a Game 7 in NBA history, passing Curry's 50 points. That was set just last series versus the Sacramento Kings. So more records being broken, more things happening as we move into these next series. The Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics taking over the East here. Or sorry, there's one more point I got to say. The Lakers beat the Warriors in game six, 122-110, closing out the series 4-2. Lakers move on to the Western Conference Finals. Or no, hold on. I said both for the East. No, I did one West, one East. I'll just read them all. Lakers beat the Warriors in Game 6, 122-101, closing out the series 4-2. Lakers will move on to the Western Conference Finals where they'll face the number one seed, the Denver Nuggets. Lakers are 7-0 all-time in playoff series versus the Nuggets while the Lakers come in as underdogs, plus 125 to win the series. With that, the last series in the East, the Miami Heat defeat the New York Knicks in Game 6 by a score of 96-92, to sending the Miami Heat to the Eastern Conference Finals play the Boston Celtics this will be the first eight seed to make the Eastern Conference Finals since 1999 so let's jump into these series here let's start with the east the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics ace your Boston Celtics you know game one here starting tonight what do you think round three
3: yeah I mean like I said uh coming into the podcast this week um grabbing that game seven win was so monumental last time we talked I predicted that series to a T. Um, Celtics take game six, handle business on the road, get the job done at home. Jason Tatum has that quote saying he's one of the best basketball players in the world, proves it in game seven. And, uh, now here we are in that same scenario playing the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals again. Um, not going to say it's an easy task. Honestly, I had more confidence in beating the Sixers than the Heat, but I still think that Celtics get the job done. I've had that future on them since like November or something like that. Um, So definitely riding that out. I mean, the Celtics have so many depth pieces and they're playing great basketball. Al Horford, playoff performer, Malcolm Brogdon, Stud, Derek White. You got Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, obviously. Um, Big Rob. I mean, that's a great team and they match up really well with these. I think they're going to huff. I know huffs all over them tonight. Um, He thinks that they might win on an alternate spread when it's already at eight, which is crazy. But it's Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. You definitely can't count him out. Super excited to watch this. Happy to see Doc Rivers get fired after they sent Joe Embiid packing yet again. See a James Harden, Philadelphia, sad city, just loses everything this past year. Um, But yeah, it's going to be a great series here with the Heat. It always is with these two teams match up. Um, I think you guys are probably leaning on the Celtics. Mackie might be on the Heat here, but I'm, I'm eager to hear what you have to say about this series.
1: I I just don't like the juice on the Celtics. It's just way too many points, especially when Jimmy Butler can just go off any game. And um by the way, Jason Tatum said he's one of the best players in the world after shooting 5 for 21 and his team kind of bailed him out in that one. He hit, he hit a few nice threes at the end to, to seal it out, but got to be a little more humble, there, uh Tatum, but uh yeah, he backed it up with 51 points game 7, obviously an incredible performance, and now we're seeing Celtics heat, but uh I do like the Celtics to win this series. I just don't think that the Heat are getting enough credit. I mean, I saw something that was like, Celtics have a 97% chance of making the finals at this point. Like, yeah, I think that they should be favored, maybe around 85%, but you're giving J- Jimmy Butler 3% chance to get to, the, to get to the NBA finals. I think it's a little uh, disrespectful. I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't, I don't know. But I don't think this will be easy for the Celtics. I think they get it done. But uh, it, it could be it could be a deep series. I think at least six, probably seven.
3: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, that nonsense stat, like what even is that? The ESPN index, it's always so wrong. Remember it had Will Levis going in the top three picks? I mean, come on. But uh, 97% of three, like what? But I, I really like the Celtics to get it done here in six. Um, that's respect to the Heat. I think get them getting it done in six is respect to that Heat team because of how deep they are.
2: Yeah, I really like him in Game One the night you said that. I almost took that alternate spread. I didn't. I like the the, the I got minus eight uh, whenever I was looking at it. But I like him in Game One. I like the Celtics to win this series. I think I'm gonna go like Mackie said. I do think it's a little bit longer of a series, six maybe seven. I do think Jimmy Butler is gonna get his. Uh, I think this Heat team's still playing with the momentum, like we talked about. This Florida Panthers team playing with momentum. This Heat team's the same way. Everyone counted them out. They're the first eight seed, eight seed since nineteen ninety nine to make the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, like I said, I definitely think Miami it gets theirs, uh, but I like the Celtics to win the series.
1: Yeah, the one thing that scares me about the Celtics team—not so much in this series, but if they have to, if they whoever they play in the, in the uh, finals, if they get there, is that their inconsistency of getting getting the job done at home. I mean. They do come back and bounce back on the road like we saw in game six in Philadelphia and then defended home court in game seven. But it's 2-2 two, two series, game Game five, and you let the Joel Embiid take over and you lose game five at home. Um, you know, you go in, you go into the NBA Finals against the Nuggets and you're not going to be able to bounce back from that. So um, not so much in this series, like I said. I think that even if they drop a game at home, they'll, they'll be able to steal one back on the road. But, you know, that that's scaring me from this team winning a title this year is their, just their inconsistency of... Uh, taking care of business at home
3: i mean the boston celtics i'm gonna say it again here we transition sports due to win due to win a championship as well they've been there i mean this core the team that they've built um still the the one thing that's crazy though nobody really talks about it i mean it's basketball though so it doesn't really matter too too much but um joe missoula rhode island guy first year head coach in the wvu guy
2: you also always forget to say that wvu guy
3: yeah, WVU guy, it's crazy. It, well, the thing is, a lot of people are WVU guys. Not many are Rhode Island guys. Um but like seven
1: people in that state.
3: Yeah, it's it's crazy, though. I mean, hey, we'll take the, the free publicity whenever we can get it. But I'm so excited to watch the Celtics team go off tonight and for the rest of the series, and hopefully we can get a Celtics-Lakers championship down the road. But that Western Conference is going to be a lot
2: tougher than these Celtics who are sitting at minus 600.
0: Already, boys, good stuff out of the Eastern Conference. Let's shoot our way over to the West. Los Angeles Lakers and the Denver Nuggets this series has already started. Denver up 1-0 on the Lakers. Game two here on Thursday. Game three to follow on Saturday. What do you guys think is going to happen in this series here? Lakers in Nuggets.
1: I mean, it's already one nothing Denver, but um, I think a lot of us expected Denver to win game one. Uh, Ace, I know you played the Lakers for half a unit, but that was probably just the value on it, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, this Nuggets team is really hard to beat at home. They haven't been beat at home in the, in the postseason yet. Uh, I think they had a pretty long streak in the regular season as well, not losing at home. So, you know, um, with them having home court throughout the playoffs, it's going to be hard to overcome that. But uh, I don't know. I think they could definitely be beat. if. if Anyone's going to beat them in the West. It's definitely going to be this Lakers team with the best record since the All Star break. That team is built for a championship now. You know, you bring you bring in the right role players around LeBron and, and AD. Uh, it, good things happen. So um, we've seen this this work before with the Lakers. So definitely, they definitely have their hands full in the series. But uh, I, I I think they can get it done. I still think that they win this series. I think you can get really good value on them right now after losing Game One
3: yeah and what's crazy is I think we'll get some good value on them in game two. probably throw another half unit fish hook out there. really don't think they've got the job done with the stats that the Denver Nuggets have at home in this playoffs and since the all star break or whatever it is um but so much value, I mean, plus over two hundred on LeBron James and Anthony Davis giving it every day. The most encouraging thing coming out of that game one was um the fact that they kept it close at the end because they were getting blown out for a good portion of that game. But, uh, yeah, just to touch on that Lakers-Warriors series, I mean, what a series. The Lakers really asserting their dominance over Steph Curry and the boys. I really thought it was that team's deficiencies that showed up. Um, But, yeah, the Lakers still right there. Still have that ticket. So if I can get Celtics-Lakers, I'm loving that. But I know Huff has really been high on these Nuggets all year. That's a great team with Jokic, Murray, and the rest of the crew. A lot of depth, um, tough place to play. Uh, Huff, I I wonder what you're thinking for this series because you've been high on both these teams, and you. You figured they both get here, and they are.
2: Yeah, obviously, like I said, this was going to be a win-win series if I ended up getting it. And now now we're sitting here with Denver as a one nothing series lead. I, I do have a future on the Nuggets, so I'm, I'm going to stick with my Nuggets pick to get there. Uh, I think the Nuggets win this series six, maybe seven games. It's going to be tough to win in L.A., but I, I like the Nugget chances to start this series up 2-0. Uh, and then when the games three and four is going to be really interesting, if Denver's able to get one in LA and three or four, I love the nugget chances to win this series in six or seven games. Um, five is a little tough on their home floor, but um, I just think the LeBron, I, I love him to death and it would not kill me to see him win this series. Um, I just think I, this nuggets team is really good. Jokic. I saw something the first, First player, he has two 30, 20, and 10 games. The only other players with it, one of one, are Kareem and Wilt Chamberlain. Like, Wilt, this Jokic, the Joker, whatever you want to call him, he's the best player in the league right now. And I think this is the year he gets his ring.
3: The walking triple double is what they should call him. And I was kicking myself when that game started that I didn't take that prop before just for the value in such a marquee matchup. And remember, we hit it on Thanksgiving. I saw someone tweet the other day I should take Jokic triple-double every game, and I think I should do that. I mean, what a game-game one.
1: Best player in the world he's been for the past few years, and you got to assume he's going to get one. So it definitely be his year.
3: Yeah, that whole team has been built for a a run like this. Um, So I'm honestly going to stick with the Lakers pick, as crazy as it sounds. As good as the Nuggets are, love them value now, too, like Mackie said. I mean, I think you might even get better value after game two. But I think when you go back to LA, it's going to be crazy. And LeBron and AD can steal one on the road if they're on. Good role players. We've talked about them this whole run. Um, I'll look into that value right now. But I do like that. I'll probably take them game by game basis is more likely for me. Um, but it's hopefully it can go the distance this series. And hopefully the Lakers can pull it out and give us that Celtics-Lakers matchup that everybody loves to see.
1: Yeah, if
2: you're like I think. I think- I think Jokic is just gonna steal the spotlight and just be that guy like he always is. Like he's never the guy that wants the spotlight. Yeah, yeah but he I is said the it guy. he he likes being the guy behind the corner, but yeah, he's like I'll just put up 30, 20, and 10 in game one and don't worry about it.
1: Like Yeah, you're not I'm, wrong. I mean you're, if you're if you're the Lakers here, you just have to defend home court and then you gotta home Yes, yeah, like I said, if, if row, they get if, you if the Nuggets to. get
2: if they get game three or four, that's that's not a good look for the Lakers. You, what about the backdoor a, cover too? That was plus miraculous. Nine. I I did have the Lakers plus six and a half. That was a miraculous backdoor cover. Thank you, Joker, for that miss free throw there at the end. That was big. I keep gassing you up, but that was a huge miss free throw for my
1: wallet. But yeah, I I really think big. the Lakers are the better team, though. I just think you know Denver has the best player in the world. He he can single handedly at the end of the game win a game. So, but the role players in the Lakers are just so good, and they feed AD and LeBron so well. I love this Lakers team. They run they might run into a brick wall, wall here, but I just love this Lakers team. I really I really think they win this win this series. Yeah. Like I said, it kills
2: me to go with the Nuggets. It's just that at this point I'm just going with who I've been on with all season.
1: You you can't be wrong. You, in, with either of these teams, they're just both yeah. really good basketball teams.
2: Yeah.
0: Good stuff, boys. We got a good conference final coming up here in the NBA. Heat and Celtics, Lakers, and Nuggets. I got a couple other points here in the NBA. To start off something uh, to go along with the draft here. The San Antonio Spurs have received the number one overall pick in the 2023 NBA draft after seeing their 14% chance for their number one pick to draft Victor. I'm going to butcher this Wembenyama. Wembeny- Wembenyama. Wembenyama. I was close. Wembenyama to draft Victor Wembenyama. Wemedyama is minus twenty thousand to be the first overall pick in this year's draft. Very interesting there. Uh, any comments?
2: Yeah, I think this is uh, this is the team that everyone wanted to see him go to. I think compared to Detroit or Charlotte, I think the Spurs were kind of the location that it, most of the NBA fans kind of predicted and wanted to see him go. You get to see him in a first-class organization with the Spurs. I've never been a huge Spurs guy, but the success they've had with foreign players and stuff like that, I think that's where most people wanted to see him go. And I'm really excited to see him play for the Spurs.
1: The the France connection. Tony Parker's from France too. hmm oh, do, uh, do you see the picture of
2: Do you see the picture of Yama wearing the Tony Parker jersey when he was younger? At the yeah, Spurs number yeah. nine.
1: That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, that is really cool. I mean, the NBA wanted, them to, wanted this first to get this pick, too. Obviously, you don't want to see a play like this go to the Detroit Pistons. Um, LeBron already carried an, a, a, an organization out of poverty. So, uh, you know, the, the next generational talent like this, Wombin I think he people are saying he's an even bigger bigger uh, prospect than LeBron James, which is crazy to say, but um, he, can, he can do it. He's definitely that guy. So, uh, it's going to be exciting to see this guy play in the NBA. Yeah, it's
2: I'm just, just excited that...
1: Oh, you it's hop. just the
2: world that we live in that people say that is because Wembenyama has probably five million followers and like LeBron didn't, you know what I mean? That wasn't a thing back then. Like,
1: Imagine social media was a thing back then. Oh, nil.
2: Imagine nil was a thing. Oh, his ass would have went to college.
3: I just I think, think it's great that he's going to the Spurs because he gets to get coached by Popovich there. Um, not only that, uh, I think I saw a quote today that was pretty funny. It said. Dave Robinson and uh, Tim Duncan must be chuckling seeing the Spurs get him because it's just another big guy to dominate the paint for years to come, um, continue that legacy of what they've got going on down there in San Antonio. Also, yeah, I saw him like I I saw, saw meeting Mbappe today, and he's 5'10", and he made him look like a toddler, which is hilarious.
2: Yeah. Did you see the kid, the kid shaking Mbappe's hand before Mbappe shook Wembenyama's hand? The kid comes up to like Mbappe's like hip, so he's like a little kid, and then the the kid turns around and looks at Wembinyama and he's like, it is like it is crazy how tall he is, like because you said Mbappe is like looking at him like this, like he's a foot and a half taller than him. The kid he's the kid comes up to like under his hip. Yeah, it's hilarious.
0: All right, my next point in the NBA. Some ah uh, coach news: The Seventy Sixers fired their head coach Doc Rivers after his third straight second round exit. Who do we see getting replaced in Philadelphia? Anyone specific?
2: Mackie, weren't you the one that said yeah that you saw a couple people that were supposedly rumored to go to be in the?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to remember all of them off the top of my head. Just D'Antoni, um, Budenholzer, Nurse, nurse and uh, Vogel. Vogel, that's his name, right? The old Lakers. The Lakers coach. old coach, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Frank Vogel, yeah, Frank Vogel, that's his name. Um, those are the four that were rumored Woj, according to Woj. So, um, I don't know. I, I, it'd be cool to see Budenholzer go there, go from one powerhouse in the East to the next. Uh, he he won with the Bucks. If he if he went there and won with the Sixers, he'd have a lot of credit. After, um, yeah, you know, he, t- he took the Bucks there, obviously with Giannis, and then you can come into the Sixers and take over that organization. Just to trying to get over the hump for what eight years now since since uh, Joel Embiid's been there. So, um, yeah, That's that'd, crazy that'd to really think cool. that's that long. would be really cool. Yeah, it's insane. I think it's seven, actually. I don't think it's been eight, but... I think it was 2014. No, it wasn't 2014. 15? I thought it was 16. No, 16 was Markel Fultz.
2: Yeah, I think it was 15, dude.
1: It'd be eight years. Wait, no, Markel You're... Fultz was 18?
2: Michael Carter-Williams was 13.
1: Well, Simmons, was
2: Ben Simmons 16 or 17? Simmons was 16, and Embiid was already there. Maybe he was 14. Jaleel, Jaleel Okafor was 14, and Embiid was 15. I Jaleel, think that's no, my I think Okafor
1: was, I think Okafor was 13.
2: Okay, all right, now we're just guessing at this yeah. point.
1: <laughs> yeah. We are really just guessing. <laughs> I'm going to go find out. But you guys can keep talking.
2: Yeah, I mean I I don't really have too much else to say on this, but yeah, I think I think if you that's a good point. If Budenhoser does go there and win there, that's I mean, what's win? They just need to get to the conference finals, to the finals. Like I mean No, they gotta
1: win. They gotta win win, yeah. but Yeah. All right, I got you. <laughs> Hold up. Damn, they drafted McCall Bridges. I didn't um, really know that. Yeah, I think it was a trade at the draft, but they drafted him. Um Markel Fultz was 2017, Ben Simmons 2016, Okafor 15, Golem B 2014. My original thing, was right?
2: My original nine, thing.
1: Nine right. nine years. Granted, the first two, three years he didn't play. Dude, we were he here and trust happening. the
2: process from 2014 to 2017. Like
1: Yeah, yeah. Cause Michael Carter was before play. that. Um damn. Julie Okafor okay. was what year? 13? Julie Okafor. Twelve? Fifteen. Oh, 15. It was after Embiid. Yeah, the year after. But remember, Embiid didn't literally didn't step on the court for two years, three years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they just can't figure it out. They're drafting the right actually not even drafting the right players. Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons just didn't work out for obvious re- reasons. But um Angelia joel <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Joel Embiid was actually their only good pick. I guess Ben Simmons was a good pick at the time. Just kind of faded it out.
2: Yeah. I yeah, honestly. I mean, they've had success, but he, he said it, we can't win alone. Me and James can't win alone.
1: I <laughs> like that take from
2: an MVP. Let's bring let's bring that
1: up real quick. It's true though, the NBA is not like it used to be. You need five good players to actually be on your team. You need two superstars and three good role players. Yeah, but like, you don't think you're not. think you are they're they are starting five, like,
2: isn't bad, in my opinion. Like, they don't have a bench either, though. Yeah, they don't have a bench. Maxie, Maxie
1: is really their only reliable role player, in my opinion. T- Tobias Harris is brutally awful. Tobias watching Harris him, is so bad, but watching like, I'm not him play saying basketball is.
2: I'm not saying you're relying on PJ Tucker to do much, but like, that's a huge piece to have on a team like that.
1: Huge, huge. But he can't play 48 minutes a game. No. And who's who's coming in for him? I couldn't even tell you who's coming in for him.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, they definitely have some building to do. I don't know if Harden will stay there either, so make it a lot. No, for he just him. hopped it out. Yeah, but he could like resign. Obviously, yeah, he could
2: resign for hundred fifty million.
1: they literally just end up giving them more money. Yeah, he wants a long term, just because he's gonna. Just fuck around for the next three years and then retire and keep getting paid for five extra.
2: Yeah, he should go to the Spurs. That'd be cool. Huh.
1: Yeah. And then once he leaves, Yum will be perfectly ready for a championship.
2: Yeah.
0: Alrighty. Yeah. And this last point: Grizzlies suspend Ja Morant as he flashes a gun on IG Live yet again. Second incident of this in the last few months. What does this do for his career? Where do we see him ending up after this suspension? Big liability.
1: It's it's crazy because I saw JJ Reddick say something about how like it's really not a, like he's not breaking any laws, but it's the fact that you're the face of the young NBA. Everyone looks up to you. You have that many people looking up to you, and you're on IG Live flashing a gun. I just you're you're from the suburbs. Just act like it. <laughs> you got yeah, money. Know, it's, it, it's reverse. like he's doing it reverse you, you got just, the money and now you're in the trenches like
2: and he's do like i saw obviously he didn't make the the all nba or whatever that is to be qualified for the supermax so he's only eligible for 194 million instead of 238 like oh no but i, I don't know that's just not a good look i mean after this it's it's different if this happened like years years apart but like this was like three months ago. We were talking about him in Denver with the with the he, gun or
1: whatever. He went to rehab, missed a game, I think, and then came right back and did the same. Incentive. No, he missed he missed eight games. No, but he was he was only suspended for like two of them, I think, because he was in rehab for the other time. Yeah. he was he wasn't in rehab.
2: I'll tell you that he wasn't in
1: rehab. <laughs> obviously, he, what would you even go to rehab for?
2: all right jaw when you're on instagram live don't touch the gun and they just put him on instagram live and it's like a timer it's like how long can he go without touching it and they just like start playing different songs and like he like starts looking at it and they're like (laughs) don't
1: fucking do it his homeboy tried to help him too it was like real quick he saw the gun he did
2: he saw it he turned the camera he
1: probably looked at him like dude you stupid motherfucker
2: yeah He's the one not trying to work the rest of his life. Oh he's man. like, dude, I'm trying to just be your friend and hang yeah. out and like you're trying to flash a gun.
3: <laughs> John Moran has to flex because he can't flex anything else.
1: Yeah, no he's ranks. lost the first round. He's fine no in ranks. the West though. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's fine, fine in West. the West. Shout out Desmond Bain. I really I really used to love John Moran, but he he's just giving me so many reasons to not like him. Just smarten up a little. Do what you want to do. Just don't don't do it on social media. Just Everyone knows how important that is to keep things off social media nowadays and you're still doing it.
2: It's so funny.
1: Ace, those Red Sox are rolling.
3: Yeah, Marco Gonzalez sucks. I figured we'd hit him hard. That's why I took the over because I can not I can trust the over more than us winning.
1: Yeah, I took him in a parlay. Oh, that fucking Diamondbacks over didn't hit. It's so gay.
3: It was 3-3, three, three I saw. What would it end? 5-3. Hmm? 5-3. Hmm. Dude, I had the I had the Reds and they were up four-nothing. And I had the starting pitcher in fantasy. I checked in the fifth inning. It was four-nothing. I looked at the end of the game, it was 11 5 They lost. I was like, it what was, the it, fuck?
1: It was it was five 0 I actually took him two. It was five-nothing, and they gave him eleven straight runs. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. It was it in course field. And the twins are up 3 2, and this guy comes in, walks three straight guys, and then gives up a grand slam.
3: (laughs) That's that's crazy, dude. The the Reds won like that's because they're in course field 11 in a row. Dodgers, you can't. That's yeah,
1: that's good. It's tough, man. I took a tough beating this afternoon, gotta bounce back though. Yep, nope, tonight. All righty, boys.
0: Great review of the NBA round two and round three here, rounding up or happening this week. Let's jump over to the NFL. The schedule was, re- was released last week. I'm curious to hear what you guys think of your team schedules in that, but I'm going to go over what some of the changes are and such. Uh, again, May 11th, last Thursday, the schedules were released. We're going to have the first ever Black Friday game. It's going to be the Dolphins versus the New York Jets. The Thursday night season opener will be in Kansas City. The defending Super Bowl champs will place, uh, place host in the opening game of the season. International games are going to have three in London, two in Frankfurt, Germany. The two in London are going to be October 1st, week four, Jags versus Atlanta. And the second one is going to be October 8th, week five, Jags versus Bills. Jags will be the first team to play consecutive games overseas. That's happening again on week four and five. The third game in London will be October 15th, week six, Ravens versus Titans. And moving over to Frankfurt, Germany, November 5th and week 9 will be the Dolphins versus Kansas City. November 12th, week 10 will be the Colts versus the Patriots. Ace your Patriots will be playing in Frankfurt, Germany, November 12th. Some Monday night changes with the new media contract. It allows for three doubleheader Mondays this season up from one or up one from last year. The NFL will also be able to flex Monday night games starting week Twelve. The Christmas Triple Header, the second straight year of this, first Monday Triple Header with Christmas on a Monday this year. So, going to be a wild year as we see. New Year's Eve, December 31st, the clash of contenders, the two AFC champs, the Bengals and the Chiefs, will be competing on New Year's Eve. Thursday night football teams could be given two short week games. This is a rule approved by NFL owners. It's very interesting there. Um, and then I have teams with the most primetime games. Uh, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Bills, all have six prime time games as of now. Giants, Packers, Eagles, Jets, 49ers, Raiders, and Vikings have five. The Ravens, the Patriots, the Broncos, Steelers, Lions, Bears, and Bengals have four. So I'm very curious again to hear what you guys think. Your team's schedules, Ace, the Patriots, how you think their schedule is. Mackey, Cowboys, Huff, Steelers. Ace, why don't you start us off? What do you think?
3: Yeah, before I get into the uh, Patriots schedule itself, I really want to touch on some of those things you were mentioning. Um, first off, I'm very excited for all those games on the holidays this year. Um, Black Friday, New Year's Eve, Christmas Day. I mean, no better time than the NFL to really go into that. That's my everybody's favorite sport to watch. So we know that'll be dominating TVs when the families are gathered around. Um, further than that, I like to see that there's five international games this year. I know it's tough on the players, and it's tough that like when my team personally has it because it's like not a true game even though it's counted as one but it's good to see them grow in the game uh two in germany shout out to some of my buddies that are stationed over there i know they're gonna make uh some trips to that game and then uh the ones in london as well we know those always do well but um yeah i thought that it was pretty interesting i don't know about you mackenhoff but the fact that you can flex Monday night football games, you know how much that must screw with coaches and players and their regimen and their routines? Like, imagine you're supposed to play Monday night football at 830. Like, now we're flexing you to Sunday at 1 o'clock now, or vice versa.
1: Yeah, I'm actually a, I'm, I'm a big fan of these uh, schedule changes. I like all the, you know, adding adding it on uh, all, all the uh, international games and the, the uh, they have uh, the games on uh, New Year's Eve and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. But uh, one thing I wanted to say, everyone everyone talks shit about all these Cowboys and stuff, but you know they got six primetime games this year, along with the, the Chiefs, Chargers, and Bills. You know, th- three powerhouse teams, th- teams that uh, the NFL love to promote. So those Cowboys are still up there, no matter what anyone says about them. So I like those Cowboys too. I, I
3: enjoy watching them. I mean, one of the most iconic franchises, especially in the prime time too. They always make for a great game, whether it be a heartbreak or a hero moment. Uh, more so, the heartbreak in recent. In recent memory but what do you um, mean recent all memory yeah, yeah but still i mean great great players on that team big market um everybody loves seeing those stars running across their screen on the helmet and uh at, down at jerry world especially so uh my favorite's still gonna stick is thursday night or thursday thanksgiving football that's got to be my favorite but my takeaway from this is just the the flexing of uh monday night games that's just crazy to me
2: yeah, so can they, Ace, I don't know if they can, like, if you're scheduled Monday, I don't know if they can pull you back to Sunday, I feel like they have to give you so much of a window on that, like, you know what I mean? I feel like they'd have to.
3: Yeah, I feel like minimum would be Tuesday, you'd have to know, they They have to know a week in advance, definitely, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, they have to know before you play the previous week's games, because the preparation is so different from post-game week on to the week, next one, yeah. in my opinion.
2: Yeah, Absolutely.
3: I think that's the way they do it now almost anyways, right? You get your flex announcement during that Sunday. Yeah. So, I mean, that's still pretty cool, though, because uh, remember when we had to watch Russell Wilson in the prime time so often? I mean, that would have been flexed out for Tua viola and Tyreek Hill or something like that plenty of times.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's definitely why they add this in there.
3: Yeah, but great schedule making by the NFL uh, this year. Uh, a lot of great matchups, holiday matchups, marquee matchups, the doubleheaders uh, on Monday. I already love that. I mean, uh, now you get one extra one. Um, yeah, it will be exciting. And uh, make that rule about uh, not having everybody get a primetime game or whatever, that's nice too. So we don't have to watch those bad teams uh, when they're the only ones on. Like, I'm all set with the Redskins or Commanders whenever they're playing.
2: Who were the teams that didn't get one? Was it the Falcons, Texans? Who's the third one? There was like there was three teams that didn't get it.
3: Hmm. Let's let's take a shot in the dark here. If I had to guess. I, I think I, I, it was
2: the commanders. I yeah, think it was I think the it commanders. be.
3: I mean, they're probably one of the least valued franchises, so
0: Cardinals, Falcons, Texans, Colts.
3: Oh, how the mighty have fallen with the Colts and Cardinals, huh?
2: Colts could be on the up and up with Anthony Richardson.
3: Yeah, no, but still, think about like that franchise as a whole from the Peyton Manning era. Imagine having no primetime games. I mean, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray signing that big contract a year ago, and now he's not in the primetime. That's nuts. Cardinals fans must be in disarray. The Falcons. I mean, those huh, those Colts and Texans too. Like I could see that as a Thursday night game itself, especially the two young quarterbacks. So I guess I am kind of mad that they did that. I think everybody deserves their spotlight. But what are you gonna do? I mean, we'll get great football, nonetheless. I can never complain about it.
2: Yeah, they'll they, they'll figure it out.
0: Mackie, your Dallas Cowboys win total set at nine and a half. The over being minus one fifty. What do you think?
1: Um, I think it's a really good line. I think they'll flirt right around there. Um, you know, pending how we can close out games, we're gonna we're gonna have a shit ton of close games. We're just gonna see if Dak can close them out usually pretty good in the regular season getting wins so I like the over I think we'll finish at probably 10 and 7 maybe 11 and 6 um, flirting with that wild card spot I don't think we're gonna win the division but um, I think that's a really good line I, I wouldn't really advise either way I think it could definitely swing real easily but um, I don't really have the most hopes for this Cowboys team this year they didn't really do much in the off season. Um if anything I think we got a little worse so um, I don't, I don't know. This team's kind of uh, steady. It's not doing much right now.
0: Huff, what do you think? Steelers eight and a half wins over under over sitting at minus one thirty two. What was the over under that you had? Eight and a half.
2: Yeah, I, I, I like that over. I was looking at the Steelers schedule. I think it's pretty, pretty friendly. A lot of the teams that we have to play that are more. Upper echelon NFL teams like the 49ers would get week one at home. Uh, Mike Tomlin has all offseason to prepare for that one. So games like that that are usually I could maybe mark as an L on my Steelers schedule, I think, you know, are different kinds of games when they're at home and it's a cross-country flight for teams like the 49ers. But I like the over on the Steelers. I I looked at the schedule. I have them getting right around 10 or 11 wins. Obviously, everyone's going to be a little bit biased towards their team. but. I have very high expectations for Kenny Pickett coming into this year with the, the things that the Steelers have addressed. I think eight and a half going over for sure, um, but I really like that. I, like I said, I had him sitting right around 10, maybe 11, but um, that's that's there's a couple games I could see go either way. It's, it's kind of a coin flip, and that's any given Sunday. We say that all the time in the NFL, So, um, but I like the Steelers to go over.
1: Week one specifically, I actually really like the Steelers in that game, just because you, you remember last year... that. 49ers opened their season to get to a loss to the Bears. We had three wins the entire season, four wins maybe at the end of it. Got one at the end, but uh, yeah, I mean... Last year, year, last
2: pool. year, week one, the
1: Steelers beat the Bengals in Cincinnati as well. And who who are the Niners even starting at quarterback? Um, they're they're going to have complications. They're going to be going up against a really tough defense. I, I really like the Steelers in that matchup.
3: Yeah, you know I'll be on the other side of that one. Um, but I do like the Steelers' win total over eight and a half on the year I actually do um I'm high on that team and lower on some of the divisional foes and with the way their regular regular schedule stacks up in terms of uh strength of schedule it's pretty weak and uh Mike Tomlin always finds a way to have a winning season so why wouldn't they go eight and a half over right
1: yeah see I don't really love the over I like I, I like them week one but I don't I don't know how I feel about that season win total to Mike um, Tomlin. He has positive Kenny, winning I records. Just, you're right, you're right. There is that. But it, Kenny Pickett just I, I I don't I don't love him yet. I don't love him yet. I think he's he showed signs that he can get it done, but um I gotta see it to believe it.
3: In my opinion, this is the third best team in the AFC North with potential to beat the first and second best team. And outside of that, they have a weak schedule um around that divisional matchup. Um, for the Cowboys, I like the over there, too. Probably like both of your teams' overs more than mine with our strength of schedule. But, um, Jesse, what's that number sitting at for the Pats?
0: Uh, the Pats are sitting at 7.5. The over is minus
3: 105. Oof. I mean, great value. I mean, Mackie, that's the one thing that was scare me from your Cowboys was it being minus 150 on over 9.5. I do like it, but that's a steep price. The Patriots at 105. That's basically even money um, to get... To go at least eight and nine, I do like that. That's that's the toughest of the three with the schedule they have. But uh, I think that division's a bit overrated compared to what people think. Um, yeah, I'll ride the over on all three, which is crazy. But these are three good teams. The Steelers and the Patriots, criminally disrespected with great coaches. And all they have to do is go 500 or Patriots just under 500. Um, with those defenses that they've built, there's no way that they do that. They're not going to be a juggernaut that's rattling off 13 or 14 wins, but they're going to be in the mix come the end of the season. And to do that, you have to have eight or nine wins. So um, Mackey's team, I really think that the NFC is really weak. Um, I think that the Eagles are really good, but not as good as they were last year. And the Giants are an overrated team. Um, commanders, that's easy business. Uh, I like all of those to hit. Uh, the tough thing is going to be those Cowboys having to play in the prime time for six games. So their opponents up their, uh, up their talent for that one. But it'll be interesting to see. Um, what's crazy to me, just I'm surprised I haven't said this much before, is that the Cowboys, they still have Mike McCarthy as a coach.
1: Yeah. That's sadly, crazy to yeah. me.
3: I think that guy's an awful coach. I thought that since the first year We'd, he went there, and he's still there.
1: I, uh, Everyone, every Cowboy fan thought that he was done after that playoff loss last year. And the first thing Jerry Jones had to say was that he's keeping his head coach. Yeah. Um, I kind of think Jerry Jones is more of the problem at this point, but yeah, Mike McCarthy is just not the answer. You got to get rid of him. That was a terrible call by him, and that's why I think we're stagnant right now. We're not going anywhere.
3: Yeah, but I still like them to get double digit wins this year for sure. They could rattle off between eleven and thirteen, in my opinion. Um, coming in at somewhere. If they don't win their division, then they'll be the 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 first wild card. But if they can win that division, they can be a top three seed, in my opinion. Uh, Steelers and Patriots I just think they'll be in the hunt come time so give me the over on all three but uh maybe a little biasy but I like that
0: righty all righty boys good stuff there lots of good stuff to look forward to as the NFL season comes and appro- or approaches here we will definitely have more segments on that and or what our team we think our teams are going to do here going into this season. Alrighty, yeah. So we have released our first inaugural power rankings that we're looking to try to do each and every week. Let me run through the or in the MLB. Let me run through these here real quick. At number five, we have the Minnesota Twins. At number four, Texas Rangers. At number three, the Atlanta Braves. At number two, the Los Angeles Dodgers. And number one, the Tampa Bay Rays. We're curious to hear what our fans think about our. Rankings as well. Uh, I think we got some good comments on this. Um, about the Orioles and such. Uh what do you guys think? All right, Ace. What do you think about the power rankings?
3: Yeah, I mean, not up for discussion at all. I mean, we've we put a lot of work into this. We all sent in our own picks and uh it's pretty consistent with what you see everywhere, but those Tampa Bay Rays, I mean, how do you argue them out of that first spot? Best team in the AL East, not like the Baltimore Orioles, we're sitting there a few pegs down. I know people are at are murmuring that they should be in these rankings, but not yet. we got to wait to give them their flowers. Um, It's only May. Uh, That young squad of theirs, I like what they have going down there in Baltimore, but not just yet. Hold your horses. They will be there soon enough, though, um, if they can continue the strong play. But until then, the only ALAs team we had up in that ranking was the Tampa Bay Rays, and rightfully so, in my opinion. Um, Hoff, you want to rip through the rest of that second
2: through fifth list that we had? Pretty consistent throughout all of us. Yeah, so and then number two, obviously, we have the Los Angeles Dodgers, a team that wasn't too hot to start the season in a tough, weird NL West to start as we've seen the Diamondbacks continue this kind of pretty good start that they've had and the Padres are the Padres. So the Dodgers have had a pretty bit of a tough schedule to start, but they've prevailed over the past couple of weeks and uh, rightly so sitting at that number two spot. Number three, right where they should be, Argue, you could argue number two, the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Possibly one of the best teams in baseball, top to bottom, whole lineup. Uh, number four, Texas Rangers, like we said. I like the, I like the Texas Rangers here uh, for reasons we said. Corey Seager, he's not even playing yet, and they're still doing this good. DeGrom, that whole lineup, I really like what the Texas Rangers are doing. And then a team that's been hot lately with uh, Gallo and a bunch of other additions that they've made, Byron Buxton, he's been there for the past couple of years. But The Minnesota Twins, they've been getting the job done. Uh, silently in a pretty pretty bad division. Not gonna put it any other way. But AL Central isn't really anything too special this year with teams like the White Sox and the Guardians not really having their best starts to their seasons. But um, I really like what Minnesota's put together. But um, Mackie, I don't know if you have anything else to say. But I think the Dodgers at number two, kind of a, a not necessarily a surprise, but a team that definitely has turned it around over the past couple of weeks and. Uh, like we said, I think the Rays is the unanimous number one overall pick across any power rankings you're going to see in baseball right now. But uh, Dodgers at number two, I like I like that spot for them.
1: Yeah, I-, I would say one and two where nobody can really say anything about that. You're not changing one or two. Um, Braves, definitely a top three team in the league. They, they skid a little. They were on a four-game losing streak. So I- that's why I personally had them a little lower. But I- definitely a top three team in the league. Uh, respect them at three as well. And yeah, the Twins and Rangers. Rangers are just surprising a lot of people right now. They added a lot of pieces in the off season, and it, it it's definitely shown for them they There are playing some really good baseball right now, and Twins are just playing some good baseball in that tough division. But um, yeah, like Ace was saying, the Orioles not making it. One of the teams that just made it just right out of the uh just missed the top five. Them and the Brewers. Brewers were right outside the top five as well. Um, there's only five teams, so obviously you're gonna have some upset fan bases that aren't gonna. Squeak into the top five but you know it's a long season we do this every tuesday and uh hopefully we'll see some of those teams fluctuating into the top
3: five yeah on 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 top five watch coming the next week i think we got the blue jays the orioles the brewers and um a, a few others but those those are the ones that i'm really looking at to make a jump coming into
1: this next week Maybe those Yankees, they're playing some good baseball recently. I know we're, uh, it's going to be tough to see them, see Ace put them in the top five, but. Uh, no, that's you know. all right.
3: In the regular season, they can be ranked as high as they want. When it matters, they don't know how to
1: win. Like those Boston Bruins.
3: Well, at least the Bruins have a cup, Mackie. How about those New York Rangers we should compare them to? Those hometown heroes <laughs> Yankees, in New York. The or the New York Knicks. <laughs> or the New York Knicks, dude. Come on. like Remember I them? Like, we forget about them know. already? I don't even I don't even love the Knicks. No, but they just followed suit to the rest of the New York teams. Lose, lose, lose. Aaron Rodgers just signed a bag to do the same
1: thing too. Oh, I hate the Jets too. They're Jersey. I don't even count them. Well, your Mets are doing the same thing, so nothing new there. Yeah. Well, you know, when you you've been doing it for twenty-three years, you just kind of become numb to numb to the pain. So your words don't really do anything to me anymore. <laughs>
3: No, you know what's tough is, you know who keeps taking those Mets? Me. I don't know why. Justin Verlander let me down the other day, but...
1: Dude, you took him yesterday against the Rays at minus 165. No,
3: no, I didn't take him. Well, I had him in fantasy yesterday, and I didn't actually take them, but I took
1: him in his... Maybe it was his first start. I think he lost. Yeah, these Mets lines, dude, they've been favorites the last two days against the Rays. They just... It makes zero sense. Yeah, no, to me. I wouldn't I, I
3: wouldn't have bet him against the Rays. No shot. I think it might have been Verlander's debut uh this season
1: he lost. Uh when he got when he gave it the two home runs in the first inning. Yeah. Yeah. Mets are definitely the most disappointing team of the season of this season so far. I haven't given up on them. I think that they can definitely turn it around. They have the roster to do it. They just need to get the pitching back in order. But um yeah, pretty embarrassed to be a Mets fan right now. I'm not gonna lie. So is it safe to say that I have the best team in baseball out of our podcast right now? At the moment, a thousand percent, it is safe to say that. But Let's go Sox, uh, whenever they're yeah, supposed
3: to be terrible, they're great.
1: They're, you know, there's, a, there's an actual chance that none of our teams make it to the MLB playoffs this year. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean,
3: Rich Hill had something to say about that for the Buckos today, so you never know.
2: That was a big win today for the Buccos. I didn't really have too much faith in them. They come out and eight nothing performance, and I've had no confidence in Rich Hill. So, my, my 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 opinion on this Pirates team has changed over the past couple of weeks. Obviously, as they've caught a losing streak and hasn't, haven't really looked to pick pick it back up since. But um, still sitting second place in the division, a game back on the Brewers. So, uh, but the Brewers are a good team.
3: Yeah, I agree, Hoff. I've been taking those Brewers. I know Jesse has as well. They've been coming out plus odds a lot the last few days, and they keep getting the job done. Pretty deep lineup and a good staff there. One of the best closers in baseball and Devin Williams. So um, expect to see them in the coming weeks. But happy we got our inaugural uh, rankings out of the way.
0: For sure. Like Mackie said, expect those every Tuesday when we release those on Instagram and Twitter. So lots to look forward to in the MLB as we're just mid-season now. Lots to look forward to. I got one more point here before we wrap up the episode. Americans have legally bet $220 billion on sports since 2018 per market watch. So, go America. That
2: is insane. That is insane. $220 billion? billion. Yeah, that's wild. It is. it is. And there's still
0: states that don't have it. You're, you're very right. Exactly. All right. I think that's going to wrap up our episode this week. Make sure you keep an eye out. We're in the Eastern and Western conference finals right now, but coming up for the Stanley cup finals, we have a draft Kings prize pool. We want to make sure you all get in on it. $1,500 prize pool split up top split across the top three winners. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, that's all I got to add. Anything else guys? Yeah, nothing else coming from
2: me. Definitely stay tuned to that uh, for the DraftKings stuff, but Other than that, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week.
3: Tap in, boys. Big time of the year. This is where the playoffs really matter. Conference finals. Here we go.
1: Yeah, NHL conference finals starting up soon, Thursday. So uh, stay tuned for picks. Probably going to have one on almost every game. And
0: that's going to do it for us
1: on this episode
0: of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again and see you next week.